Money's important, but it's not everything. Look, I am a 55-year-old man and have been through a lot of stuff in my life. You know, we moved into a place called Hawthorne, South Central L.A., and it was a rough neighborhood. I used to get chased every single day after school. So me and my little brother had to get tough, right, so that the bullying would stop. Back in the day, it was called food stamps, welfare, government cheese, and powdered milk. Lord, this sucks. You know, I, I got I to gotta make money. We work from 5.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock at night. There's my deal right there, man. Saved my job. It was all, it was all God. These are the things that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Came to Cali, went to school here, dropped out of school when I was 16, took a job making uh, jerseys for the Anaheim Rams at the time, not L.A. Rams. They were in Anaheim and uh, learned how to make those jerseys. Um, and then, uh, 1995, you know, I was from that point on, I was, you know, knucklehead hanging out with the wrong people, uh, got in a little bit of trouble. And so if you know me, you know what trouble I got into, but not serious trouble. Uh, but I got in a little bit of trouble and in 1995, you know, I got saved. How old were you? Uh, shoot, 24, 25 years old. Okay. Uh, got saved, loved Jesus, you know, and. Um, and, uh, from there, I, my first legit job, you know, at that age, uh, was a produce manager counting, uh, lettuce and tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Um, it was okay making $5 an hour. And then one day some guy from church, uh, you know, told me, Hey, Ed, you know, there's a sales job. Uh, I said, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll go for it. Um, uh, went over there in my church suit, right. Um, back in the day it was like MC hammer kind of stuff. Uh, yellow and, and mustard yellow was all kind of in, had no idea what I was doing. I showed up at this business meeting in his, in his church suit. I don't even know how to tie a tie. And, you know, I haven't been to school in a long time. Right. So the guy slides me this test and I take it, I fail, you know, and I was like, okay, well, uh, this is not for me. So I go, what kind, what kind of test was that? It was like a, like a financial test, a lot of math. Okay. I'm like, I don't know this stuff. Right. So I failed um, and said, you know, okay, this wasn't for me. Um, but two weeks later, this guy calls me back and says, hey, Ed, there's something about you. Come back. And uh, so I go back in my mustard suit and he slides me the answers to the test. He says, don't get them right. You know, all of them right. So I pass and I get my first sales job. And so that that sales job was with the company, you know, Monarch's Deposit Company, which is currently exists today. And we were selling gold, silver, platinum, palladium to to investors, um, and that's how I started. I started uh, sales there, and um, I remember it like yesterday. Ninety days in, my sales manager. I remembered his name. His name is Mike Maroney. Mike Maroney. Yeah, Mike Maroney. If you're out there, yeah, Mike Maroney. Hey, look at <laughs> you! Almost fired me. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike Maroney comes in, you know, Ed, I need to talk to you. Nine o'clock in the morning. It's a Friday. He says, Ed, uh, you know, I got to say, if you don't close a deal by the end of the day, you got to go. Right. This is just not for you. And I'm like, oh, man. So was that a surprise or were you expecting that to happen because of the 90 days? Yeah. You know, it's because we, you know, back in those days, I, I got I didn't get the Glen Gary leads. Right. I got the right. leads that. You know, you can stack leads, and these are like five, six, seven-year-old leads. It was the big guys. You know, we had commercials on CNN, and the commercial would come up, and the phones would ring. My phone wasn't ringing. Right. It was all the big guys got all the good leads. I got the crap leads. And so, I, I you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. Um, so at lunchtime, I went to 
UPS, FedEx, and at that, you just, you know, you, you put in an application back in the day. And, you know, I was just more comfortable with the blue-collar kind of situation. Nothing wrong with blue-collar. It's just, it was my comfort level, right? And so around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the phone rings. It was amazing. The phone rings. And I've been talking to this guy from Columbus, Ohio, and his name was Don Darmus. And we'll never forget that guy. Don, I hope you're still alive. Don Darmus, and he says, hey, Ed, it's Don Darmus. And I was like, hey, Mr. Darmus, how you doing today, sir? He goes, I'm doing pretty good. You know what? I think I'm ready to do something today. I'm like, okay, uh, how much? He goes, I think I'm going to start with 50000 I said, Mr. Darmus, I-, I can remember it like I said. I was so nervous. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I said, Mr. Darmus, can you, can you hold, please? And I was like, oh, my God. Hey, I need some help. All the sales guys. I got this dude. He wants to buy $50,000. They're like, all right, all right, all right. You're like, I've never filled out I, I, this ticket. I don't know before. what I'm doing, right? And I'm like, all right, all right. So they all come around me, man. You know, we were all good friends. You know, they were cheering me on. You got to do this. 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 And I get back on the phone. I said, Mr. Darmus, you're on the recorded line. We're buying $50,000 of XYZ. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. Do you confirm the purchase? I confirm the purchase. I hang up the phone, fill out the paperwork, go to Mike Maroney. Bam! <laughs> There's my deal right there, man. Saved my job. It was all, it was all God. Yeah. Right? Don Darmus became one of the largest clients at Monarch's Deposit Company. And that's when I started realizing, holy moly, you can make some good money doing this. What is... Ed believed the true essence of what your purpose and calling means. That's, um, I didn't know that until I got saved. When I got saved, um, it, it's a crazy story. I was hanging out with um, some friends. And one of my friends, uh, she said, hey, you know, you should be getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was like, what is that? I didn't know what the heck that was. Yeah. So we go to church and pastor says, hey, someone here needs to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was like, I raised, like- I raised my hand. I was like, that's me. So I ran up there, right? I was running up there and they were praying for me. And, and uh, I forgot who it was, but some guy put his, his hand on my stomach. And I felt this volcano, like this eruption in my spirit and it just erupted and all of a sudden I can feel the power from my belly just coming up, coming up, coming up and it just came out and I started speaking in another language Mm -hmm. and I was like, what the heck is this? Right? So I went home and I was like, ah, this ain't real and I would turn it on and off. Wow, it was real. But at that time, they started prophesying over me and they started calling me an evangelist. Mm. You're an evangelist. You're an evangelist. You're an evangelist. I didn't know what an evangelist was. Then I went to school of ministry. Then I understand the five, the five-fold ministry. And I always thought an evangelist was a person who would go into tents, right? Travel the world, travel the, the, the country, and, and catch the fish. Get them all saved. You know, uh, heal the sick. Have the blind see cast out devils, raise the dead. That that's I'm like, wow, that's me. Well, 
years and years and years go by. And I'm like, I gave up that dream because I was never, I was never in a position to be in the ministry. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, Lord, I guess all these guys missed it and I missed it. But I was always so driven to business, 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 business. And, you know, my wife is a very bright woman. I, I, I always, she's very wise too. I always go to her for counsel when I'm like clueless, right? Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot from her on the spiritual sense. And she goes, you know what? She started talking about the marketplace. So I started studying about the marketplace. And the marketplace in Jerusalem was the place where everyone was so attracted to mm-hmm. because there was commerce there. Mm-hmm. And what I come to understand is that I'm an evangelist, but it doesn't necessarily mean I need to go in a tent and preach the gospel. I'm an evangelist in the marketplace. And I st- the call, and so my purpose to answer your question, my purpose from the very beginning when I first got saved, because I didn't know what was my purpose before I got saved. I had no clue. Right. I got saved. They prophesied me that I was an evangelist. And now I know what my I from that point on, I always knew what my purpose was. I just didn't know what it looked like. And now I know what it looks like. So my purpose is to bring glory to my father, my Lord Jesus Christ, who gets me excited every time I talk about him. Right. I cannot contain the love that I have for this dude. Right. And my purpose is to preach the gospel in whatever manner it may be. It could be here. It could be out there. It could be wherever it is. And to show the goodness of God and that my God is a rich God. He's not a poor God. And I can have everything else that everybody else has. And so my purpose is to preach the gospel, get people saved and glorify God and show people how good my God is. That's my purpose. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm telling you, man, I just can't stop. And that was today's episode. We'll see. <laughs> I think my son was like four years old. So he's 25 right now. So yeah. he's going to about to be 26. But uh, 21 years ago, I went to Puerto Rico with my entire family. I think wow. Nyla, who's 21, was six months old. Wow. Right? And it was the intent I needed to find closure. I needed to understand. I didn't want to continue going through my life with all this stupid stuff going on. Yeah. Went up there and uh, everyone knew my dad. I didn't even by his name, Mickey. And so I went around the neighborhood asking, where's Mickey? Where's Mickey? Where's Mickey? Went to the liquor store, right? Where all the dudes hang out and they're out front drinking their beers. And uh, they said, oh, he's over there. And they pointed to me. They pointed to a tree. There was a man sleeping under the tree. Did he know you were coming? He didn't know I was coming. Oh, you just showed up with yeah, the whole he, family. He had no idea I was coming. Wow. Because uh, I had no communication with him. Yeah. My, my brothers and my sisters knew I was coming. Yeah. And this was the first time I met them. Wow. So I found him under a tree and he was hung over. And uh, he woke up and I said, hey, Mickey, I'm Eric. Well, my middle name is Eric, right? Yeah. I'm Eric, your son. And here's your, here's your grandson. This is Darian. That's the first time I met him. Wow. Yeah. What did he, what did he say? He started crying. Yeah. 
And he started crying, like, oh, my God, my son. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. Right? Yeah. Back up. Yeah. Right? We ain't like that yet. I'm grown man. I got my own son right here. Yeah. And I see my baby boy, and I'm looking at my little boy, Darian. He's looking at me, right? Wonderful, beautiful kid. And I say to myself every time now, how could you leave right. me? When mm -hmm. I look at my son and I say, I could never leave my son hanging. Mm -hmm. How could you leave me hanging? Right. right? So I, I really wasn't, I just wanted, it was more for me and what I needed, mm -hmm. not for him. So mm -hmm. I really didn't care what he needed. I just needed to get this stuff Was off that closure me. in a way? It wasn't closure because, you know, after a little while, you know, we, we hung out. Um, you know, I gave him a shot to talk and, and say what he had to say. Uh, you know, he was, he was homeless, bro. Oh. He, he was homeless. So, you know, I was making a little bit of money, so we went and bought him some clothes and stuff. And, uh, but he was a drug addict, too. Okay. You know, uh, I remember we were driving around, you know, Puerto Rico, and we stopped at this gas station, and he, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And uh, he came out with a ring of powder on his nose. Mm -hmm. And I knew exactly what that was. And I pulled him out of the car. And my little boy and my wife are in the car in the back seat. Yeah. Right? And my daughter. Right? I pulled him out of the car and I said, don't you ever, ever do that again. What are you talking about? I said, the stuff that's on your nose, I could see it. At that time, I knew he was a drug addict as well. Did you continue contact after that trip? Well, so, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, throughout the trip, I remember one day uh, it was raining and we were outside and he was crying. He's crying and he was saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and I want to be like you. And I, and I said to him, I said, you want to be like me? I said, the only way you're going to be like me is you got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior hmm. because that's who changed me. Right, because of the rage and the and the and the things that were going on in my life, I was a knucklehead. Right, I was going yeah. the wrong direction until I found until I got saved and Jesus changed my life. Right, and so I told my my dad, you know, notice I'm not calling him my father. Though I only have one father. Right, he's just my dad. Yeah. I, I told my dad that, um, you know, you have to get saved. He goes, How do I do that? And I said, just repeat after me. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he rose from the dead on the third day, hmm. that you shall be saved. Yeah. And so we said this in his prayer. Okay. And he got saved. Okay. Came back. He promised me all these things. Hey, I'm going to communicate with you. I, I'm, you know, I promise you I'm going to be a part of your life. Maybe two or three weeks to a month, he would call from okay. time to time. We were okay. cool. All of a sudden, he disappeared again. Yeah. And I was good, though, because I did what I had to do. Yeah. Right? Uh, I was good. And then um, one day my sisters called me and said, Dad, Dad is in the hospital. Uh, what's wrong? He goes, he's got a stomach problem. They say he's going to die. He's not going to have much time. Can you fly out? I was like, I'm not flying out for that guy. Who is he? I don't know him. He had an opportunity. It wasn't that I was bitter or resentful. I knew my heart was good, but he died. And when he died, I cried. I didn't cry because he died. I cried because I missed the opportunity 
to know a natural dad yeah. that I never had or right. I never knew. That opportunity died with him. That's why I cried. Did we almost end this thing? Yeah. Uh, we were 15 years into our marriage and I went to file for divorce. And, and why? Why, why? Why did that happen? Because you were dishonoring. Well, but I mean, I want more details. What, what was I doing that was causing dishonor? Uh, for me, and the vernacular that I can use is you were mean-spirited toward me. Um, and, and with that, spirit comes control, comes uh, belittling, comes all kinds of different so, adjectives. So I was mean, it. yeah, abusive. Yes. Uh, not physically, but not physically, verbally. but very verbally abusive. Mm -hmm. um, I, if I can go back and look, I, I think uh, one of the things that I heard you guys say is that when you heard the garage door open, mm -hmm. knowing I was coming home, everyone was getting ready for the impact. Yeah. Right. Even our children. Yeah. Right. And that kept on for years and years and years mm -hmm. because of the dishonoring. Right. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where you said, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And you, you were going to file for divorce. I can remember, you know, you had this little plan going mm -hmm. and, you know, we were moving, mm -hmm. right? And you said, honey, why don't we get a, a smaller apartment, right? And I'm like, Ruth, we got all this stuff. We're going to pay less rent, but we're going to pay a lot of rent for storage. That doesn't make any sense. And the reason why you said that is because you were planning on leaving me yeah. and you didn't want to leave me with a big giant house, house mm -hmm. right? And so that's why you were... We're doing that. But what, what made you stay? Why, why did you stay and didn't leave? Now we're 26 years in, 11 years ago, eight years ago. My eight, bad. Years, eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at that time, I didn't leave because remember we were in the living room and you said, I got this email. Yeah. And if you wait it out, I'll promise you, this is my last time me promising you that I will change. I will change. And did I change? Yes, you did. I did, huh? You did change. Um, ooh, ooh. And, and I remember being... Put in some work. Yeah, going to the attorney and saying, okay, don't file. And I remember going, at, sitting in the parking lot at Albertsons, and I went to buy a pint of ice cream, and I said, Lord, if you don't come through, like, I'm done. And I remember scooping and eating the entire pint of ice cream sitting in the parking lot, thinking, I hope this is your best for me. I, I really, I like... I want you to come through because I don't want to get a divorce. I don't want to, you know, uproot my children. This has to work. Yeah. And he said to me, if you honor my covenant, I will honor you. And I'm still learning this, by the way. You know, I, I by no means, you know, am a perfect husband. But I think, I, I think it has a lot to do with serving too, right? You know, because our emotions, how we feel, it's kind of like if you allow your life to kind of, and your decisions be made based on how you feel, you're all over the place, right? Yeah. You're like irrational, undisciplined. It's just your cuckoo. And so I, I, what I had to learn is I had to learn, it's not how I feel. If I just do what I'm told to do, right? So when I say I do what I'm told to do, you know, you know, the Bible talks about a lot of things that I need to do. Right. As a husband, I need to serve. I, I need to, you know, as Christ died, you know, for the church, I got to die for you. And that's look like hard to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I for me, very hard to do. I'm a type A guy. Right. I want to be in control. I'm the dominant one. It's going to be the way I say it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that you weren't just there. 
mm-hmm. that you were a partner of mine, right? That you had equal say, equal rights, equal talents. And, and I think it took me a long time to figure that out. And when I started figuring that out and started seeing that from you, I think it made it easier for me, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what I did. And now, I mean, what, three years, four years later, I'm, I am so happy. I'm so glad I didn't take my life. You know, I got my beautiful wife. My family is beyond blessed, man. It is wild. Beyond blessed. I'm about to have a baby boy. That's you know? cool, man. And so I got a lot to live for. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and you go back and you our relationship when you were playing football. What's our relationship like now? It's becoming more father son. It's not. It's not so much business partner. Yeah, you were like a business partner. I was just your investment when I was playing. Yeah, I used to always tell you, you're my investment. Right, I'm not getting a return on my, my investment. Yeah, right? I always used to say yeah. that. And so, you know, now we go out and we do things with each other. We'll go shoot guns. We'll go race cars, you know. It's very blessed. Like, we fly in the PJ. We'll go out to Vegas, and we'll go race. Fly in the PJ, go out to Bama. We'll go shoot guns. Shoot every type of gun under the sun. I mean, some dope, legit Call of Duty-type guns, man. It is so dope. Doing things like that, it's, it's taking place over all of the bad memories that I had. As a kid, it kind of like these new memories are filling in those places. They're kind of pushing them out. Um, so now I, I feel like I have more better memories with you than bad. Good. Compared to, you know, a couple of years ago, it was just like, man, I do not like my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do a lot of changing, Darren. You know, I, I was narcissistic, selfish, ego, prideful, entitled. And I love my family so much that I was going to do everything in my power to make sure that I made my wrongs right. Now I see you as a young man. I see you as a, a man that has so much future ahead of him. Uh, I am proud of you. I'm really am proud of you, of who you are today. I am so happy to call you my son. We don't need to get mushy. I know, I just give me a minute. <laughs> there are a lot of times I would treat you a certain way. And then my father in heaven would talk to me and tell me, What if I treated you that way? And that's what caused me to change, right? Because God, my dad, who I never had a dad really, would teach me how to be a dad because he was such a good dad to me that I would have to change because I wanted to be a good dad to you and I wanted to be a good dad to your sisters. Whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, the mind always is going to play tricks on you. 
You know, the, the show is about being an entrepreneur, being a businessman, being a lover of Jesus, really talking about the marketplace, right? But if you don't discipline your mind, the things that you want in life, the things that God has for you in life will not materialize. Mm -hmm. You can pray all you want to pray. You can work as hard as you want to work. But, and you know what? You may get there just because of grit. But once you get there, you're going to realize I'm not happy. There's a lot of successful narcissists. Yes. Because they know how to work a structure. Exactly right. And so they get there, they get all the stuff, but they're all alone. They're and depressed. They're not happy with themselves. No. And narcissists feel remorse. Yes. So they're like, okay, I did all of this. This is my fault. Yes. So in in closing, you know, I would strongly suggest that you, if you find out that, you know, what is wrong? Why am I not getting somewhere? Check your mind. Work on disciplining your mind. And I promise you, you're going to be a lot happier, mm -hmm. right? You're going to be a lot more successful. And you are going to fulfill the call of God. But you do have to discipline your mind. Mm -hmm. And don't allow yourself to dwell on everything that pops in your head. Half of it's not true. I would say 90% of it is not true, yeah. right? I mean, because that's where he tries to get you is to tell you lies. He's the father of all lies. Mm -hmm. And you know what he does, too? He causes you to become the accuser. Mm -hmm. Blame game. The blame game, right? On June 18th, I'll read this one. I don't know what it's going to say, but on June 18th, you know, I decided, I said, God, I don't know how you guys do it without God. I don't know how you are an entrepreneur without God. I don't know how you start a business without God. I, I, I have no idea because with God, if I'm feeling like this, I can only imagine how you feel without God starting a business. I mean, that's like, I, I have no clue how you guys do that if you're doing that. God just told me that, that he wants me to fast and I will see the breakthrough. Time to pray and get into the presence of God to hear his voice. God told me after I had a thought of going to get a job, he said, you know, that's not what I want for you. As in the story of Jericho and the walls coming down, I have an encounter with God and I will see the walls of my crisis come down. That all I want is an encounter with God and I want a new experience with you, Lord Jesus. It's not what I will do in the public, but what I do in private that will bring this victory. This is uh, four days later. And this is how 1031 crowdfunding started. And I can tell you right now, we currently have 40 employees. 40 employees and we did $47 million in revenue last year. And I was, I was tripping for 75,000 for the IRS. But here's where it started right here. In my fourth day of a six-day fast that I believe the Lord spoke to me to do, I believe the Lord is leading me to start a crowdfunding platform for DSTs. 
in my prayer today, the Lord told me that he would provide the resources to do what I need to do and that I would know that it came from him and him only. Depend on him and him only. So I remember that day when the Lord gave me this crowdfunding name and I ran downstairs and I Googled crowdfunding. I didn't know what the heck it was. I Googled crowdfunding and come to find out there was a new law that actually came out in 2012 that allowed uh, what I was doing for the last 14 years to be done online. So I started 1031 crowdfunding and, you know, when you start your own business, you're walking in, you're not getting a paycheck from anybody. You better make that paycheck. But I remember that time, you know, and that was such a pivotal time for us. But I was scared and didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that God was with me. But I'll, I'll close with this and to summarize, you know, and hopefully you get something out of this. I, I've never... I wish someone would have told me that this would have been the journey that I would be taking on if, if I started to try to do my own thing. I, I wish someone would have, you know, I have a mentor, man, and this guy is amazing to me. This mentor walked me through so many difficult times. He is such a wonderful friend. He's He's such a, a great man. And I, I truly believe without this mentor, God using this mentor in my life, I wouldn't be here today. Don't try to do it on your own. It's hard. If you feel like you want to give up, don't give up. You know, sometimes, you know, life is in valleys, right? In hills and valleys. And sometimes when you're in the valley, you just can't see the, the sun because the clouds are covering you. And, and it's okay to be in that valley. It's okay to feel alone. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel like you're going to fail. But if you just keep walking through that valley and you're going to come up and all of a sudden, God takes you up above these clouds and you can see the sun. All you got to do is persevere. That's why it's important as an entrepreneur to have a mentor. Don't try to do it on your own. Get with somebody who's been through it. Get with somebody who can coach you and walk you through it. And then when even that is not enough, Close your door to your closet. Get on your hands and knees and invoke the presence of God. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. There was no way I could never get to where I am today without my Father, my Lord, my Savior, my Jesus Christ. And there's no way that I would continue to go through life without him, just because of where I am today.
doesn't mean God stops. I'm entering another portion in my life that I've never been through before. Today and every day, I still question my decision-making. I still wonder, am I good enough? I still wonder, am I making the right decisions, Lord? Am I, am I, Am, are, you, are, you, are you guiding me? Am I, am I doing the right strategies, Lord? Am, am I just like taking on too much? It's still scary because in order to go from glory to glory to glory to glory, which is what the Bible says, you go from glory to glory to glory to glory. It's still scary. It still continues to be scary. I walk into this office second-guessing myself all the time. And I wonder, am I doing the right things, Lord? And I'm sorry I cry on here so much. And sometimes I try not to. But it's scary, man. But in order to change the world for the kingdom of God, You walk by faith and not by sight. You call those things that, that are not as though they were. You end up being the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. It is not by my might or by my strength, or by my, but by the Spirit of God that I do these things. And my God has been so faithful. I have all these signs and wonders of all the things that God has taken me through. How can I not trust my father to take me to areas of the unknown? I'm in uncharted waters, but my Lord Jesus is my compass and he's going to take me exactly where I need to go. So I just want to end here encouraging you that it's okay to feel the way you feel. It's okay to be a misunderstood. People are not gonna understand you. People are not gonna understand why you're so passionate, why you're so driven. Cause you know what? You don't wanna be like everybody else. You wanna make a difference for the kingdom of God. And I hope that this show and this episode has done something for you to encourage you you are more than a conqueror. You're not a failure. You can move mountains in the name of Jesus. God is your provider. God will provide you your resources. God will give you the strength. God will wake you up in the morning. God will make you go through mountains that you thought you could never go through. And I am so happy and cannot wait to hear all the reports of people going into the marketplace for the kingdom of God. So thank you for watching the show. You're the best part of 1031. Oh my God, you're the best part of the Ed Fernandez show. <laughs> I'm thinking 1031 crowdfunding on the brain, but thank you so much for watching the show. And until next time.